Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast. <laughs> yes, she is right. I am William Clear. This is Pop Talk and Aliens, and it is a podcast, and we're going to be talking about aliens. January 2021. We've made it. We got out of 2020. Everything's fine now. It's not fine. It's the same. It's just more 2020, except now it's 2021. However, the good news is there's already in 2021 been a a bunch of UFO stuff that's come out, rather important UFO stuff, with more to come, which I'll talk about. So 2021 is looking like a year that will be very good for UFOs and aliens, as was 2020, and uh, has been for the last few years. Just keeps getting better and better, to the point where at some point, an alien's going to have to show up. It's just, it's inevitable at this point. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. I've said it a million times when I started this podcast six years ago, nothing. There's nothing. Nobody was talking about aliens. Now, every fucking little tiny thing, and I'm going to talk about one in just a second, hits all the national news. Even if it's not aliens, if it's, if it's got aliens in it, it's clickbait and everyone wants to know about it. It's, 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 it's hot. It's hot. I tell you, aliens right now, but there's a lot of good stuff right now. So we're going to, we're going to talk about it. Uh, But first, let me remind you, or tell you for the first time, if you are a brand new listener, welcome, and thank you for listening. Thank you, all of you who who listen regularly or pop in and out when there's an episode that you're interested in. Thank you very much. And uh, if you don't already, please follow us on Instagram at Aliens. That's at Aliens on Instagram, and we're brought to you by Audible. Audible is the universe's leading provider of audiobooks, and until an alien comes down and says otherwise then I will keep saying that. So if you want to argue that, alien, you better hurry the fuck up. So I'm going to keep saying this. Universe's leading provider of audiobooks. They uh, work on your mobile device, your phone, your tablet, your laptop, whatever connects to the internet. You'll be able to get Audible and listen to audiobooks. And you can get one free and check it out for 30 days by going to this special link just for you, audibletrial.com slash aliens. That's audibletrial.com slash poptalkandaliens. One free audiobook for 30 days on the house. Check it out. No limitations. Nothing. Just as if you were a subscriber for a month free of charge. All right. Now, um, a lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people have asked me if I'm going to talk about the movie The Phenomenon on this podcast. It's a documentary. And I I haven't because there's not a whole lot to say about it. You know, certainly not nearly enough for like a whole episode reviewing it or anything. But I will give you my thoughts. Give you my thoughts on the phenomenon. It's a 2020 uh, documentary about UFOs. And it's basically, if you see a preview of it, it's sort of... um, acts like it's going to be this real tell-all UFO expose that's going to give you all this information that you never knew before, of all the government behind the scenes and UFOs and all that stuff. And to an extent, it does do that. However, none of it is a revelation. None of it is new. None of it is like stuff that they got a hold of. It's just a a very well-curated timeline mainly of sightings ufo sightings there's a lot of sightings 
in the movie. I'm not, I'm not really big on, you know, just sightings in and of themselves. Although I am going to talk about sightings in a little bit on the show, but they're not like a main topic on this show because yeah, they're sightings. Unless it's something that a ton of people have seen, like Phoenix Lights, things like that. that those are more interesting. And there is one story that I was not familiar with that they cover in the phenomenon about this uh, Australian UFO sighting that a bunch of people saw that's actually very interesting. To me, it was the most interesting part of the movie, but that's because I know all the rest that was in it. And if you have been listening to this podcast the whole time, there is going to be very little that comes across that movie that you haven't already heard about from me. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm I'm better than this movie or that uh, I'm some sort of authority. I'm not. I, 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 I do research and then I put it in a little a little basket and I give you that basket with my own little take and, and that's Pop Talking Aliens. I am no newsbreaker. I, I am not a UFO researcher. I'm not a UFO investigator. I'm not a documentary filmmaker. I'm just, you know, this idiot who tells UFO stories with like swearing in them. But uh, nevertheless, I still cover all of the the major UFO stories and from yesteryear and now, like I'm doing tonight. And so there's not a lot that I haven't, you know, called over to tell stories about on this show that pertains to UFOs going from, you know, I did an episode three-parter about the gray aliens that went back like centuries. So this movie basically starts off in the 40s with I think they start off with Kenneth Arnold or some, something right before that, which I talked about in the Roswell podcast and him seeing all these UFOs and UFO sightings all over the place. They show pictures and, you know, like the, 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 the best of the best pictures from the 40s and 50s and stuff. And they go on and on through all these, these events that uh, if you're a UFO enthusiast, you already know. If you listen to this podcast, you already know. If you listen to other alien podcasts, you already know. So it's it's just... You know, it, it's a greatest hits. Here you go. Here's one by one, in order, all the different things. What was interesting to me, though, is that they got past 1947, way past 1947, with no Roswell. And they're talking UFOs, and they're giving you every single, like, Kenneth Arnold. Like, that's, you know, a guy who saw a bunch of UFOs in the sky, and they're not covering Roswell? Finally, they get to it. And they play you the standard clips of Jesse Marcel talking about how he had to sit in the room in front of the press with this tinfoil pretending that it was the actual magic tinfoil that they found from the UFO, but it wasn't. And they go through all of that, the weather balloon, but they don't go into a whole lot of detail about it. They talk briefly about Rendlesham Forest, and again, they play, you know, very well-known audio clips from, at least if you're a UFO enthusiast, you've heard all this stuff. So they touch on that, but it's all very brief. It's all very on the surface. And then they get into the Navy sightings and uh, Luis Elizondo and the UFO task force and, and Harry Reid, you know, wanting answers about UFOs. And, the, and they, they interview him. They interview some other people, too. So there are they do have their own interviews that are that are exclusive to that to that movie. And it's very well done. If you want a sort of Disney version of the history of UFOs since 1947, 
And when I say Disney, I don't mean that to be insulting because I don't think there's anything fucking wrong with Disney. Call me a fucking maniac. Send me to hell for saying that. I'm sorry. I think Disney's fine. I have no problem with Disney. But uh, the reason I say Disney is I, you know, in the old school, in the old school way of talking about Disney where it's like, you know, nice kid friendly stuff. That It's that kind of thing. It's just, it's on the surface. It's uh, it's got a 93% audience score on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 88% uh, critic score. People like it. Because, again, if you don't know anything about UFOs, it'd be great to see, especially to see, you know, Clinton talking about how he tried to get to see the alien stuff and he couldn't and things that, uh, again, you know, UFO people know about. But if you don't know about any of this stuff and you and you see how deep the UFO thing goes, and we're going to talk about even deeper how it goes in a minute, but you see this and you don't know anything about it, it's great. So I would, I would highly recommend it to the casual person. And uh, for, for those of us who already love the UFOs and already know the stories and stuff, you can check it out just as a, a trip down memory lane, if you will. And there's, you know, there's a few things that are, that are in there that I had never heard of and maybe they themselves just dug up on their own, which is fine. That's great. Good for them. But uh, yeah, it's fine. Meh. Good. Good for you. It's, yeah, I don't know. I've seen so many UFO documentaries in my life that it's like this one did not stand out. And everyone was making a big fucking deal out of it when it came out like it was going to have all this, you know, unearthing of shit that we've never heard. It doesn't. It doesn't have anything like that. Uh, it is narrated, guided by the mouth of Peter Coyote, the great uh, San Franciscan actor, Peter Coyote. He's the, uh, he's the narrator. What else is there to know about it? Not much. That's about it. The phenomenon. I'd give it a B. Do I have to give it a grade? Give it a B. Now, here is uh, something that is not in the phenomenon because it just happened about uh, we two weeks ago. Uh, again, we're in January 2021. I know how podcasts are. Sometimes people will you know, you download. People still download stuff from about the Navy sightings that happened, you know, the stuff from months ago. Still download it today. So I, I just like to give you a time marker as to where we are. We're in uh, just about to hit February. But uh, on January 11th, uh, 2021, there was a story about these FM radio signals coming from Jupiter. And let me tell you something. This was uh, FM radio DJs on Jupiter. And I don't mean like DJs dropping beats for your favorite EDM music. I'm talking about disc jockeys. Because you have to remember that uh, on Jupiter, you know, it's light years from Earth. So to them, it's still however many, I don't remember how many light years, remember, I never knew how many light years away Jupiter is. But wherever, whatever time it is in Jupiter is far past what time it is here. It's, It's before what time it is here. So to them... FM radio is probably a big deal, and they, they probably thought we'd be very impressed. I'm just kidding. There's no DJs on. Here's the deal. There was FM radio signals coming from uh, Ganymede, a moon of Jupiter. And immediately, immediately, this story broke to, like, every major news outlet, and everybody ran it. And I, I got, like, texts about it. Like, what, what do you think of this? And then I read it, and the first line, almost of every article about it, is 
it's not E.T. Because there's a, a, a NASA guy who was talking about it. And his first quote that they put is, it's not E.T., it's a, it's a natural function. So apparently, uh, they have been hearing signals, FM, from Jupiter's moons and stuff for like 50 years. But it's just that in this case, it came from a, a, a place that they had never heard them before. You know, it was only a few seconds, just radio burst. But it's like a natural occurring phenomenon, radio waves bouncing around the, the solar system. We've talked about it before. And, and that was it. It's a big fucking letdown. Another big fucking letdown. All these these uh, these headlines. Let me see if I can see one right here. FM uh, FM radio signal found coming from Jupiter Moon. So exciting. So clickbaity. You click that, and then this is literally how the article starts. The Juno spacecraft or- orbiting Jupiter has discovered an FM radio signal coming from the moon Ganymede. This find is a first time detection from the moon. Quote. It's not E.T., said Patrick Wiggins, one of NASA's ambassadors to Utah. It's more of a natural function. And it's basically like something like Wi-Fi. What causes the radio emissions from Jupiter's moons? Electrons, not aliens. Electrons oscillate at a lower rate than they spin, causing scientific shit, blah, blah, blah. No aliens. But I wanted to talk about it because people have informed me about it. And, you know, I look at the the alien news constantly. I'm constantly on it for any of this new shit. But sometimes I will have friends that will send me stuff before I I even have a chance to see it, which is very exciting. Uh, Our friend Charlie Crabtree just yesterday sent me something from TMZ about a sighting and it was like three fucking hours old. And I'm like, how, you know, quickly this stuff gets out and that he's already heard about it and I haven't even heard about it and he's sending it to me. It's very exciting. Very exciting. There's so much UFO stuff. And I'll talk about that TMZ thing in a bit. But as far as if you've seen the headlines about the FM radio DJs on on Jupiter, there's no DJs, there's no records, there's no EDM. It's just standard natural emissions and oscillation and electrons. And that's it. Unfortunately, I wish I could go on and on about it, but I can't because there's nothing there. There's just headlines, but it shows how popular aliens are right now that that news stories like I'm looking. The one I'm looking at right now is a Fox website that's reporting this. And if you search Jupiter FM radio, everybody ran that story. And the story is there's no story, but there's good news. There's good news about Jupiter. And uh, this one was not picked up as much as the other one about the FM radios. But uh, the BBC ran an article about how there may be octopus-like creatures on Jupiter. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, this was about uh, eight months ago that this story ran. And um, it was about a, a scientist named Monica Grady, who thinks that there is, uh, as she said, quote, unquote, almost certainly life on the Europa moon of Jupiter, and maybe even on Mars too. But she says it's not likely to be intelligent life or, or you know, aliens that we can communicate. Certainly not the greys. They're not living there. We all know that the greys come from Zeta Reticuli. It's, it's, it's settled. We don't need to fucking debate that. They don't come from Jupiter. But there may be 
octopus-like aliens on Jupiter. She says, uh, <laughs> Professor Grady says on this BBC article, she says, uh, whatever we find there is perhaps similar to the intelligence of an octopus. She thinks that these creatures could be found beneath the ice on Europa. Europa is one of Jupiter's 79 known moons and is covered by a layer of ice up to 15 miles deep, which acts as a protective barrier against both solar radiation and the impact of an asteroid. So remember back in the day, like if you're old enough to remember when the idea of there being water on Mars was so exciting because it was the only thing that could possibly indicate that there could maybe be extraterrestrial life of any kind was if there was water and now we know that there's a fucking Hoth ice planet moon orbiting around Jupiter that's probably got octopus-like creatures running around underneath the ice. I don't know where she came to that conclusion that they would be like... Here's another thing, though, about the clickbait, the fucking clickbait that we have now, is that the title of the article is Are There Octopus-Like Creatures on Jupiter's Moon? And the article clearly never... She never says that they would be like an octopus. She says that they would have the intelligence of an octopus. Now, again, why she would be so specific that that would be the intelligence level of that specific, you know, type of creature rather than just saying like, ah, it's like probably like a, you know, some sort of fish or an octopus, something like that, you know, no, the intelligence of an octopus. So we'll see, we'll find out because there, uh, there's going to be a probe, I think, orbiting that, that moon in the near future. So we'll find out. We'll find out if there's a Mon Calamari living in the uh, deep beneath the ice of Europa, Jupiter's moon. But enough about clickbait. Let's talk about something that is worth clicking on and is worth clicking on over 2,000 times. And that is the very newly acquired CIA UFO documents that the Black Vault website John Greenwald, the great John Greenwald, has uh, has been given access to and has made completely public. So you can go read these fucking things yourself if you want to on uh, theblackvault.com. But this is a really interesting story. And it has there's a lot of misconceptions. So if you yourself have seen headlines about this, let me dispel the many significant uh, mis- misreporting issues about this particular story. The first is, now, I don't know if you know this, but it's odd and yet exciting. But in the COVID relief stimulus bill, this is true. In You know how in bills and stuff, when they release them, they always shove a bunch of bullshit in there. And, and it's really like that is what the two parties fight about, right? They don't fight about so much the like we want to help people we want to help businesses get back on their feet we want to people help people not have to get thrown out of their their, their windows um, by their landlords so let's have a stimulus bill so okay let's fine let's let's get it together oh and by the way uh there's a uh, there's a thing about neckties in there new neckties for the senators and uh and then you know one side will be like oh no 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 we're not putting in the neckties but we'll put the neckties in uh if you put in a provision for new fishbowls for uh, for all of the Congress people because uh, their their fishbowls are old and and the, the glass is clouded over and they, they can't see their their fishies, 
So we need new fish bowls. And then you get your fucking ties. And the American people get their money, whatever. But the ties and the fish bowls, let's talk about that. And then eventually they come to some agreement and, you know, there's a certain amount of neckties and fishbowls that go out in the fucking bill. They stuff it with that stuff, as you know. Well, one of the things, and apparently everybody agreed on this, that got put into the COVID bill is a national intelligence briefing about UFOs. Yes, in the COVID bill, there is a, a stipulation about a national intelligence briefing on UFOs and uh they have 180 days to get this shit together since the, you know, at the time of the stimulus, it was 180 days. At the time of the passing of the stimulus bill, 180 days to get this briefing to happen. So that will be very exciting. We'll talk about that. So, but yeah, sometime before June, because we know that there's been congressional briefings and, and, and there's been people that have advised the Senate and everything that they, that we have recovered craft from extraterrestrial worlds and you know Washington has de- has demanded more information about this and they are going to get it in June by demand they agreed on that part of putting shoving that into the covid bill so that's in there now the black vault website uh just maybe yesterday or 2 days ago as of the 31st of January 2021 they got over 700 files that was like, it was like 2,700 pages or something. Maybe it was like seven, it was thousands of pages of UFO documents from the CIA. There's the story has been running on a, on a lot of sites that this was the CIA doing an early leak of the information that they are going to talk to Congress about. Uh, in June or, you know, at some point before June. It's not. It has nothing to do with that. I, I have verified this from the actual source, from John Greenwald's website, his blog and everything. This stuff that he got, which we're going to get way into, has nothing to do with anything from the COVID relief bill. So it was not, you know, neckties, fishbowls, and drop a bunch of shit on John Greenwald's website. That was not, the, that's not what it is. This is separate. This was basically something that he had been requesting access to for like 25 years over and over again. And he would get the runaround and then sometimes they'd send him some stuff that had already been released and he'd be like, no, 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 this has already been released. I'm talking about the shit you don't release. And then the CIA's website itself has a bunch of stuff about UFOs. And they try to claim, you know, in so many words that no, that's it. That's all we got. It's all there for you. Okay. Fucking shit. Stop asking, but it's not. And you know, people like uh, Greenwald are smart enough to know that this is not all they have. So he was constantly, constantly filing freedom of information requests to get all of the UFO documents from the CIA. And finally they broke and they, and they put out this CD ROM with a bunch of stuff that, that has not seen the light of day until now. One of the things that they did, of course, though, is make the files uh, incredibly difficult to read through their, you know, their computer scanning and then the way they convert without getting all technical about it. But the way they convert the files, it's like they're very hard to search. It's very hard to, to make sense of them. 
So he's put them together in this nice format on, on his site and you can go download all of them and check them out. Um, which is, but this is another thing that the CIA, they, they always do this. They, they would do this on their, on their own website. If you search, like if you go to the CIA's document library and stuff and you search for UFOs, it's not like Google where it's searching for text that appears in a document. It's searching like for these image, it's searching images of letters. So if you search UFO, you get all these hits, but like they're not really, most of them aren't even about UFOs. It's just, it, it saw the word info or something like that. And it, so it brings that up as a hit. So again, it makes it look like that there's like tens of thousands of, of documents about UFOs on the CIA's website. There's, there's not. And most of the stuff that you do find, of course, it's re- fucking redacted as fuck. Let me uh, start with one that is uh, redacted as, as fuck, as I said before, because I have gone through, I mean, there's 2,700 pages, and which amounts to like 700 cases, because obviously not every page is one case, right? So some of them are three, four. But I have uh, culled through some of them and uh, looked through the forums as to where the, the some of the best ones are. And uh, I, I've cherry-picked a few to tell you about. And this one, uh, this one's one of my favorites. It's from June of 1976. And there's all kinds of redacted stuff on it. But it, ha- it has some interesting, interesting stuff in it. So this is a CIA document. And uh, it says, subject case redacted, UFO research, ORD request for additional information, redacted, 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 redacted. And it says, ORD has exhibit, ORD, O-R-D, has exhibited some interest in the work of redacted. A qualified analyst is currently attempting to evaluate redacted system and has requested additional information. We note that in some of the earlier correspondence from your office, Mention was made of the possibility of obtaining more complete description of redacted system. If this possibility still exists, Ord would appreciate seeing whatever is available. Please keep us advised on any developments and then everything else is redacted. A qualified analyst attempting to evaluate some sort of system, you know, in like... On the surface, I wouldn't think anything of it except for the fact that every single time they talk about whatever system this is that he's looking for, and, and uh, it's it's all redacted. So that uh, catches my my fancy, but that is not my favorite one. That that's that's a good one. There's one about a sighting over Morocco that's like all redacted. It's crazy. There's like five words in it about a UFO hovering over Morocco and then just redacted fever. But there's this, there's a, there's a few of them on this guy. His name is Davidson, and apparently he he says that he received uh, a space message of some sort, and he turned it over to the CIA, and they, again, this is going through multiple documents with lots of redacted stuff. But essentially, he got some space message, and he gave it to CIA, and they they said that it was uh, Morse code, and then he said, no, it's not. I know Morse code. It's not Morse code. And so there's there's files going there's documents about how this guy won't shut up about his space message and uh, they keep telling him that it's Morse code or they they told him once and he didn't accept that and so finally we get to the 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 final one where I guess they destroyed his space message 
And uh, so they can no longer analyze it for him. And that one is uh, January 1958. And it says uh, a bunch of redacted stuff. And it says, we have contacted Dr. Davidson by telephone, advising him that we cannot resolve his problem concerning his space message and its transmitter because records on the matter have been destroyed by the evaluating agency. Davidson accepted this statement with the comment that he had been told this before and that he now had a secret article for publication concerning Air Force handling of space sightings in the hands of the Pentagon security review people, parentheses, which he thought was mild enough to pass them or wild enough to pass them, end of parentheses. And he hinted that he might wish to tuck take them up again at a later date, the matter of this particular space message. So I guess he was bribing them. It's written very oddly, 1958. Um, and you, you got to remember that the, the people that were writing these things were, you know, he had an uncomfortable necktie. He couldn't see through his fucking fishbowl. Uh, so you can't blame these guys for their their typos and their, and their just bizarrely worded stuff. Uh, Two, we appreciate that there have been many cooks in the kitchen on this dish and that as a result, the extraordinarily non-committal and evasive answer we were instructed to give Davidson was perhaps the only one possible if we were to avoid crossing up previous statements of our own and other involved agencies to this man. But the answer was hardly fair to Davidson and is not likely to be fully accepted by him. We are sure more will be heard from Davidson. And then there's an entire, another section that is redacted. So there's this guy, Davidson. I've never heard this story before. I don't think this has ever been released before. I think this this is new with all this uh, new UFO documents. Some of them, again, are, are of the 2,700 documents or pages have been released before, but, uh, but plenty has never seen the light of day. And, and it also, the CIA is claiming to, uh, John Greenwald that it, this is everything they have, which he of course does not believe and nor should he, and nor should you. And I don't either. But this story to me was fascinating because, you know, they say that this guy gave him this, this message that he had and they, they looked at it and they said, no, this is just fucking Morse code, dude. And he said, no, it's not. I know Morse code. And then they apparently, according to this document, uh, other involved agencies. So there were more, more than one agency became involved in this. And then they all started telling him different things, uh, resulting in this guy saying that there were too many cooks in the kitchen and that they were instructed to give him a certain answer and uh, that he would probably not accept that answer. And they had to tell him that answer because they didn't want to uh, cloudy up what had already been told to him by other agencies. So what the fuck was the space message? Why were so many people involved? Why did they all have to tell him this different story? Why were there people cooking in the middle of it? I guess that's an expression. That they anyway, what, what was going on with this? This is the first we've heard of it. So of all these documents, which is, again, amounts to about 700 UFO cases from the CIA. These all have to kind of be like looked through and then people have to put together 
a sort of narrative where they can because of all the redactions and stuff before we'll probably start seeing these stories come out in a more uh, digestible form rather than me just like reading them to you and everything. But I, I hope that, you know, I hope that I am quick enough on this to where if you do hear about Dr. Davidson's space message later on, you'll remember that you heard it here first from Pop Talking. Here's a great one. And also, like, you can, uh, you can use these as, like, uh, you know, you can brag about stuff like this when the, when the Dr. Davidson story comes out, if it ever does. Then you can say, oh, let me tell you about Dr. Davidson. And you can tell them the whole story and all about what was written in the CIA case. Or not. Anyway, uh, this, is, this is my favorite one, I think, because this is from 1957. And it involves Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which is where the Roswell debris spaceship or not, was taken. And this says, uh, refer case redacted and telecon. What progress has been made, this correspondence is more than a month old. I am afraid the longer we procrastinate, the more we fuel, the more fuel we add to the fire. Also, the people at right field are holding their breath awaiting advice. Appreciate reply soonest. Redacted, redacted, redacted. The people at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base sent something to the CIA saying, will you please give us an answer? We are waiting with bated breath. Please advise. And there's no follow-up to it, which is interesting. Now, I don't know, again, like what documents would go where and that that there would necessarily be a follow-up to this. There certainly were a lot of follow-ups to the Davidson space message guy, but for this one, there is no uh, following return correspondence. So maybe they just blew these guys off. They just ghosted them. These dudes at Wright-Patterson were like, yeah, we got all these. I mean, I know that this is 10 years after Roswell, but you know, God knows what went on for those 10 years because it took a while before they built up Area 51 and everything. And then if, as the legend goes, the aliens were moved from Wright-Patterson to Area 51... Maybe this transpired, this uh, this document during the uh, the switchover. I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm making assumptions there. A lot of assumptions, but nevertheless, you know, Wright Patterson has always been sort of a hotbed of shit goes there if it's uh, abnormal. So guys from Wright Patterson like writing and saying, "For God's sake, will you please?" Uh, uh, Answer us because uh, the more we procrastinate, the more fuel we add to the fire. People are waiting <laughs> with bated breath. They're holding their breath. We're waiting an answer on this. And nothing. Snake eyes from the uh, CIA. There is actually one more. There's actually quite a few more about the Davidson guy. But this is the last one. This is the one where they just, they wash their fucking hands of this guy. And uh, this one is 1958. So this is like a year now. And they say, uh, uh, as he promised, Davidson sent a copy of his article to the Pentagon. They sent it to us without comment, and we sent it to Colonel Grogan, not to be confused with Grogu, special assistant to the DCI, with remark that we did not see that anything could be done about it. He agreed. Reference last sent of your redacted. We do not want any business with Davidson. If he wishes to contact the agency, he already knows enough names. We do not see that any purpose will be served by giving him any more names or addresses. 
In addition, it is felt that we would only encourage more speculation by him were we to contact him again or to offer him a new channel if he should want to contact us. So unless there are any overriding reasons in the future, we do not want to be involved in this mess. Sorry to leave it with you, but the only purpose which would be served by any other action would be to get your office off the hook by involving someone else in a matter in which we want no, X, no involvement. It makes me wonder just like how many crackpots contact the CIA about their space messages. It's got to be over the years, thousands, right? And yet they were, they were so, there's so many of these documents about that Davidson guy just in this one little, little group when you're going through them. Yeah, you wonder if that fucker was onto something. They're all concerned about, well, what did we tell him? You already told him this. Like, why not just tell him to fuck off? But maybe he was onto something. But there's lots of uh, documents about Russia and about other countries, and some of them barely have anything to do with UFOs. It's just sort of like, you know, Gorbachev's doing this, and Gorbachev and Reagan are going to meet, and somebody saw a UFO and this and that. But then there's other ones. There's another one that's actually from this millennium, it's in the 2000s, where uh, they talk about... It's a, it's a really long one, so I'm not going like, to read it. But they talk about how this, this little town in Russia keeps getting visited by these UFOs. And uh, they, they refer to sightings of the UFO. And then they later refer to them as visitations that, that the people have been visited. And it's hard to make out whether or not that's just the, they're just using interchangeable language like sightings and visitations. But it's interesting that they would use the word that, they, that they've been visited. So... Uh, we'll see. There's John Greenwald will, uh, I'm sure, like probably put out a greatest hits of these things because some of them are just unreadable, completely, literally unreadable, and some of them are just written. There's just like a bunch of symbols. Those ones, I assume, were written by the aliens themselves. Just fucking here's a memo of uh, symbols. Pass it on to Gleepclop, and uh, he'll advise you further via telekinesis what to write in the actual memo. Uh, but re- some of them just like, they just look like scribbly things on a piece of paper and some of them are unreadable. And then a lot of them, you know, just uh, news, basically. But let me tell you something as we close this out, because this is a big deal, all these things being released. Whether or not that there's anything in there, again, you know, initially John Greenwald said that there's, there's nothing like big about Roswell or anything like that in there, but... This is certainly more than we've ever had before, ever. Let me say something about this guy Greenwald. I think I've spoken to him about him briefly a couple times on the on the podcast. But this is a man doing the Lord's work, ladies and gentlemen. And this is a guy who debunkers have tried to discredit so many times as you can imagine. Constantly, constantly trying to debunk this guy. Trying to throw him in a ditch on the highway of life. And, and make him, you know, just like an Alex Jones, just a crazy guy with, with wackaloon theories. And if you go to his website, I mean, I, I could do it like an episode a month just reading stuff from his website. It's not all about UFOs. There's all kinds of conspiracy stuff on there. And, and you know, the, there's always the possibility of disinformation. Always. Some of these CIA documents could be made up, thrown in there just to, to throw you off. We know that that happens. I talked about it on a previous podcast that there were 
that there were disinformation people that would be planted at UFO conferences. Like the government would say, like, you know, you go to the UFO conference and you spread a bunch of bullshit amongst these people, get them talking and then get them on their forums and then they'll make up all this thing and it'll be phony baloney. And then we can come out and say, hey, gotcha. See, now that's not true. So, you know, they would literally make things up and they would become these these stories and stuff in the UFO community. So you have to be very careful. And these documents, who knows, who's to say that, they, that they're all legit? We don't know. But we do know that they, that they exist. And it's just the tip of the iceberg because this, again, is not representative of what's coming in the big uh, congressional rundown uh, briefing that's going to happen sometime before June about UFOs, which is, by the way, by definition of what's stipulated about it is to be unclassified. So it's not going to be a behind closed doors thing and that we don't get to know. And then we just get uh, one guy saying, yeah, we've got craft from not of this earth. It's supposed to be unclassified. So whatever they find out, we will find out too. So we're told. So look forward to that. That might just save fucking 2021 and make it better than 2020. So let's talk for a second about something that uh, earlier I said we don't talk about much on the show. But it's a, a particular note at the moment, and that is UFO sightings. And one of the reasons I, I want to talk about it for just a moment is that UFO sightings, I have not seen like an, a, an official study, you know, by a... A UFO, like like a UFO network or anything like that, na- about nationwide or worldwide, what like the sightings count is lately. But I do know that after the late '90s, it went re- it went down for a while, and there was like just nobody was reporting UFO sightings, and just wasn't a thing. And there was a there was an article in a in a Michigan newspaper, like a small time paper, saying that. Uh, they have this little UF Michigan UFO network thing, you know, privately nonprofit funded thing, uh, sort of like MUFON, the mutual UFO network. And they said that their re- number of sightings that had been reported to them had been skyrocketing every single year. And that last year, 2020 was by far the highest. And there was a, a sighting recently last uh, in December of 2020 or no, in January, of this blue glowing uh, sort of like beam that was floating around over uh, over Hawaii. And so many people saw it. You can look it up. There's video all over the place. So many people saw it that the, the law enforcement, local law enforcement contacted the, the FAA to see if there was some sort of weird planes flying over Hawaii or anything that night. And they said, no, we don't, we know nothing's going on. And... USA Today ran this this story. USA Today ran it. Everybody ran it. Again, I, I can't emphasize enough that UFO sightings that that used to only be on the back page of some shitty fucking rag newspaper at best are now running on USA Today. So partly it's U, it's UFO craze, right? That's why a movie like The Phenomenon comes out now. It's like it comes out as a movie and like it's an event. Whereas back in the day when I first started uh, my interest in UFOs, uh, 
Crabtree and I would like go to a UFO conference and pick up these shitty VHS tapes with the guy smoking all the time, interviewing a supposedly an alien and stuff. That was the best we could do for documentaries. There wasn't uh, Peter Coyote voicing the uh, the thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was Peter Coyote. It's not like he's exactly Marlon Brando, but nevertheless, nevertheless, there are so many sightings now that. People are, are reporting them all the time, and the, the major news is running with them, which only perpetuates more people to say, okay, I saw something too, instead of being afraid and you know lurking in the shadows and not wanting to draw attention to themselves because it's embarrassing. It also goes to disprove once again, again, the, the idiots that used to say, well, if so many people have cameras, how come we don't have more sightings? Well, here you go. They're, they're everywhere for you. I, you. You can't not see a UFO sighting if if you have a news feed, if your personal preference of news feed has anything related to UFOs, you will see sightings, which is uh, a great example of that is the uh, famous TMZ UFO sighting that Charlie Crabtree sent me. Now, unfortunately, Charlie, for you and for everyone else listening, uh, TMZ seems to be the only publication that has that picture. And it's, it is unfortunate because the thing looks like fucking Independence Day. And if that was a real sighting, that it would be like game over. It really, it looks amazing. Especially when you look at it like on their actual website, not on a phone. It's incredible. It's an incredible image and there's several images of them. But unfortunately, uh, only TMZ seems to have these. And they're all watermarked TMZ. And nobody else is picking up the story. And let me tell you something. If USA Today is running with Aloha Aliens glowing blue UFO spotted in the Hawaii sky, I think they're going to go with fucking Mothership from Independence Day floating over Los Angeles, courtesy of TMZ. They'll pay They'll pay TMZ for that story. But I think just it's TMZ. Running uh, somebody's picture that they made or something... Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. Again, this was like a day ago that that I got this from from Charlie. And I've just been monitoring whether anybody else is picking it up and they're not. But maybe they will. Maybe they will. Uh, If that time comes on a future episode, or maybe I'll I'll do an emergency podcast if that one's real. Because again, this thing is is stunning. Go to TMZ and look up their UFO thing. Stunning pictures. And there have been a lot of stunning pictures. And a lot of stunning videos. And they keep coming out more and more. Especially since, again, since like basically the government, the Navy, they're all saying we've seen UFOs. You got people like like Harry Reid and, and, you know, high-ranking political official who's a speaker of the fucking house on the Democrat side saying I want answers. You got Marco Rubio if you want your Republicans. You got Marco Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio saying, uh, you know, I want my goddamn answers. And you got uh, everybody agreeing that we're going to put in the fucking COVID stimulus bill. This is so important that we need to get it out right away. So put it in the COVID bill because that one's going out the door tomorrow. Don't wait for the thing later that, you know, when Joe Biden is going to put together some bill. Don't wait for that. We need our UFO information right now. So put it in the COVID bill. It's important stuff to people right now. Which leads me to believe that that we cannot be far away. And this is not wishful thinking on my part. I mean, it is wishful thinking. It's always been wishful thinking that there would, an alien would show up on the White House lawn or what, you know, show up at my house or maybe not my house. 
let's vet them before they just come here. But it is wishful thinking in a sense that an alien just show up finally, especially right now, because for God's sake, as Ronald Reagan said, you know, would we not forget, I'm not quoting, but paraphrasing, would we not forget our differences and would we not unite in our common bond as human beings if we were faced with the threat of an alien terror so maybe you know it would be best if they did show up and they were evil and we all had to fight them like an independence day and then we'd all get along again and we'd we'd stop invading our own countries and you know we just everyone would just chill because we'd realize that we had to blow up the aliens and we were successful because anyway whatever why don't i just start singing imagine at this point the point is at some point if we have alien craft which apparently we do. You know, this is the guy that said we, we have alien craft was was no was no slouch. You know, he was no scrub. It was like a guy who was speaking from a place of high authority. If we do have alien craft, it only goes to reason that we would have at least met an alien or possibly have a dead alien lying around somewhere. And at, at some point soon, we, we're going to see that motherfucker or those motherfuckers. And they're either going to attack us and we're going to unite in our common bond. Or maybe they'll come down and say, will you guys stop the shit? And here's a cure for uh, coronavirus. And uh, here's a cure for all of your, your mental ills that are making you so unhappy. And, uh, and we'll all be good. Again, you know, imagine all the people. Imagine all the aliens. Whatever. Let's get on to something else. Something I wanted to talk about. Uh, I was actually going to do like a whole episode about this, but then I found out that it's kind of already a thing that people know about. There's an idea. It started off on Twitter and Reddit that we shifted timelines in in 2012. We shifted the timeline that we were on and skewed off onto another timeline, which has, from that point on, brought us to this particular 2021. So the timeline that you know brought us coronavirus and and Donald Trump presidency and fucking every other crazy thing that's happened uh, since 2012 has been something that we are experienced because we're experiencing because we are in a skewed timeline that started the moment that the supposed end of the world was going to come on uh, December 21st, 2012. Now, a lot of people at the time of that, I remember I was very interested in it. I was listening to Coast to Coast all the time. I was reading about it. You know, what does it actually mean? And there's all these different interpretations. And the idea that the world was actually going to blow up, like in the movie 2012, the the Roland Emmerich classic, uh, that was not uh, one of the popular ideas. Not a lot of people thought that was going to happen. But there were a lot of people that talked about a shift in consciousness and a, a shift in thinking, things like that. A lot of them were crazies that live by what the tarot card says that you have to do that day and you know think that there are like baby spirits and shit like that. Uh, but some of them were like credible like psychologists and stuff that were talking about these consciousness shifts and, and how 
you know, people's thinking had changed because of technology over the years and how we were kind of moving into just a different way of thinking. Um, obviously, a way of communicating that's changed, obviously, with with phones and with tablets. And now, especially with coronavirus, people talking over Zoom and shit all the time. So there is, you know, there has been a, a distinct difference, but that you could obviously just attribute to, well, that's just the technology growing. Calm down. You know, it's not a timeline shift. You don't have to go that far just because we text now and just because there's a pandemic and just because prior to December, uh, December 21st, 2012, the idea of Donald Trump running for president was universally laughed at. Literally, there was a, I remember in 2012, before December, being in the San Francisco train station and seeing a Newsweek magazine with a picture of his face and all it said was really and that was that was the attitude that's how seriously anyone took him now again you can just say well you know you riled up all these people and he got these followers and he, he said all this stuff and people liked him because he was different and then he got elected it has nothing to do with the timeline shift fair enough so then there were these other more tangible supposed things that illustrated this shift, this difference between pre-2012 and new timeline. And a lot of it had to do with people insisting that things were a certain way years ago and are now different. And that in and of itself is called the Mandela Effect. So the Mandela effect has now been sort of given its own little, it's been obviously given its own name and it's, it's its own little funny thing and memes and everything are being made out of it. And uh, I guess there's like TV shows that have covered it and stuff now. But the thing about the Mandela effect is the reason it's called that is because it has to do with a lot of people thought unequivocally that Nelson Mandela had died when he was in prison, but he didn't, he was released from prison. I remember it very well. It was like a big deal. Uh, but that, I mean, to me that there's nothing like, there's nothing special about that. I mean, the guy was in prison languishing for a long fucking time. And it stands to reason that a lot of people would simply have thought that he just died there and might not have been paying attention when he got out. And then there were other things like, the Berenstein Bears. This one to me is very interesting. Okay. For me and for everyone that I have talked to about this, when we were kids, we remember that the Berenstein Bears books were called, were spelled B-A-B-E-A-R-S-T-E-I-N. Berenstein Bears. But it turns out that they're not spelled that way anymore. They're spelled Berenstain Bears. And you can't find a fucking Berenstain Bears book anymore. They're gone. They don't exist. And there's a there's a ton of these things. And they're all over the place now because the Mandela effect's like, you know, it's like popular now. But again, I'm gonna get back to why the timeline shift aspect of it is is left out. And so the Mandela effect just becomes a fun pop thing. But there's something very bizarre psychologically about it. 
let's say that we are not on a timeline shift. There's tons of people that believe, for example, that peanut butter, that there was Jiffy peanut butter, but it's not. It's just Jiff peanut butter. And people think, well, they changed their name. And other people are like, well, no, no, it was, it was called Jiffy and they can remember the label. And, uh, but people say, no, 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 that's always been Jiff, but people thought they, they just confused uh, Jiff with Skippy peanut butter. And so they put that together. Looney Tunes, people remember it being uh, T-O-O-N-S, but it's, uh, or they remember it being like Looney Tunes, like like Tunes music, but it's not, it's, it's Tunes with a T-O-O. The fucking Berenstein Bears one, crazy. And everybody, everybody remembers the Berenstein Bears being spelled with an E, not an A, but it's, it's apparently, it's always been spelled with an A, always. Uh, Curious George having a tail. People remember that he had a tail. Apparently he's never had a tail. Um, what other ones? Oscar Meyer. That it, that one is the craziest one to me. It's, it's Oscar Mayer. But was it not Oscar Meyer? Honestly, ask your fucking ask yourself. Was it not Oscar Meyer before? It was Oscar Mayer. You say it wasn't. It's just Oscar Mayer. Not to be confused with John Mayer. But more confusing than if it was John Mayer. I would be less confused if they say it was always called John Mayer. Than it was not called Oscar Mayer. It is just called Oscar Mayer. It doesn't make any sense. <sighs> Apparently there's an HBO show where they go and they take all the, the regular... Uh, <laughs> like the old labels that people remember and they stick them on all the stuff in the store. And our, our buddy, Mr. Crabtree was telling me how satisfying it was when he saw the labels that he remembered being put back on these things. Like, I guess Jiffy, I didn't see the thing, but I, you know, maybe that was one of them. Why is that satisfying to us? Oh, it's just people remembering stuff wrong. Really? That specifically? Let me tell you an example of thing. People remembering things wrong. Uh, in the movie Casablanca, Humphrey Bogart says, play it, Sam. And that, over the course of the years in pop culture, became play it again, Sam. And then I think there was even a Woody Allen movie or something called play it again, Sam. So everyone just says play it again, Sam, even though he didn't actually say it. It's really not a big deal. It's just the way things changed in culture. You don't see anyone ever screaming that he did, swearing to God that he said, play it again, Sam. They just, oh, I thought he said play it again, Sam. Why'd you think that? I don't know. It's just what I've always heard. How many people have watched Casablanca in the last fucking 70 years? Anyway. Uh, beam me up, Scotty. Captain Kirk never said, beam me up, Scotty. Ever. Not in the, any of the shows. Not in any of the movies. He never said the, those three words in that order. But that was a big slogan for Star Trek. There were bumper stickers. There were shirts. Beam me up, Scotty was like a thing. But he never said that. He'd say, Scotty, beam me up. Mr. Scott, two to beam up. Scotty, get us the fuck out of here. Uh, Scotty, we've got two minutes to live. Beam me up. All that kind of stuff. Never said, beam me up, Scotty. Uh, when people refer to Darth Vader telling Luke that he's his father, they often say, Luke, I am your father. He doesn't say, Luke, I'm your father. He just says, no, I am your father. It's not a big deal. That is people remembering things incorrectly. Thinking that there was a fucking hyphen in Kit Kat and like 
hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people thinking that there was a hyphen in Kit Kat. There isn't. There never was, apparently. And then to see a hyphen in Kit Kat, if you go to like a website um, where they have Mandela effect examples and you see side by side the thing that you thought it was versus the thing that it actually is, when you see the thing that you thought it was, you feel like you're looking at the right thing. And then when you see the thing that it that it is now or apparently always was and you just didn't remember right, uh, then you, you feel like that doesn't look right. Oscar Mayer doesn't look right to me. Here's another example of people just getting shit wrong that does not have to do with the Mandela effect things. It's how you can separate the bullshit from this crazy phenomenon. Uh, Orange Sherbert, it's not called that. It never was called that. It's called Orange Sherbet. And people throughout the years have been correcting people about this. This is not something that changed all of a sudden and now people always remember it being sherbet but it's sherbet it's that was just a common mistake forever but fucking jiffy peanut butter and the berenstein bears and oscar meyer i i cannot understand why so many people would think that there was that difference and only recently discovered that is why many people think that the mandela effect is not just a a bunch of people remembering things wrong and is not uh, just some pop culture fun game, but is not the Mandela effect. It is the effect of the fact that we do not live on the same timeline that we used to live on. So in the the pre-2012 timeline, Kit Kat had a hyphen, Berenstein Bears, you had your Oscar Mayer fucking wieners. And when we shifted, it's not the Mandela effect. It's the butterfly effect. It's the butterfly effect. You know the butterfly effect. You step on a butterfly back in prehistoric times, and then uh, you come back to uh, your present time and everyone's got lizard tongues. You know, it's that kind of thing. So, but that's it. That's the only difference. Or the multiverse theory where, you know, there's an infinite number of universes. And there could be a universe that there's a world that's it's exactly as we are experiencing it right now, except for I didn't just pause right there. The only difference is that I, I didn't pause between those words. Or a leaf is in a different place. And everything else is exactly the same. There's one fucking leaf in North Dakota that's five inches to the left of where it is in another parallel universe. That's the idea that brings on the Mandela effect. So it's not uh, the effect of Nelson Mandela. You know, no offense, Mr. Mandela, but it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the butterfly effect of the things that are different because we live on on a different timeline. Had we switched timelines in 2021 or in 2012 and had this consciousness shift, we come into a place where now the Kit Kat's different and the Jiffy's different and the Oscar Mayer's different not about whether you fucking thought Nelson Mandela died. It's, it's not about whether you thought Kirk said beam me up Scotty or not. That's just remembering stuff wrong. And uh, you can put that aside. Here's a biggie. Here's the biggest one. 
And this one, they don't. No one talks about when they talk about the Mandela effect because it fucks up their. This is just people remembering wrong narrative that they want to bring to you so badly. I'm sorry. I get. I, I get a little pissed about this because. I've talked to a few people about the Mandela effect. Some of them have been like, think it's hilarious, which I, I think it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's very flat earthy to think that we switch timelines. I admit that. Uh, the, a lot of the people think the Mandela effect is just a very fun thing. You know, like I was, I was talking about our, our friend Charlie. They don't want to mention him every five seconds. Um, he's on the show enough that he can speak for himself. But, you know, like he was saying that it felt satisfying for him to see the right labels put on things. And when I've looked online and seen, you know, again, comparisons of the supposed way Kit Kat looks and the way that I remember it growing up when I was a kid, I feel better. So it is a fun poppy thing like that. But what I get pissed off about is when someone says, I've heard of that. It's that just people remembering stuff wrong. What, really? Because the Berenstain Bears? Ah, it's just, it's just people remembering stuff wrong. Fuck you, and you're just people remembering stuff wrong thing. Because let me tell you something. You know what? You know what people don't remember wrong? Where the Statue of Liberty was and where it is now. And there's fucking pictures. Calm down, dude. Get back to where you were going to sing Imagine. Get back into that state. Remember? Remember when you are all humanity was good and you were going to sing Imagine? Or you are thinking about Imagine? Just get into my happy place because I get pissed off when people just discredit this kind of thing. And let me tell you, the, the, the biggie is the Statue of Liberty. So the Statue of Liberty is supposedly on Liberty Island. Many people believed that it was on Ellis Island. Now, before you start to tell me that it's just people remembering things wrong... There are numerous pictures that, again, were originally posted on Twitter and in Reddit and on Facebook of uh, people with pictures of them standing in front of where the Statue of Liberty is supposed to be and it's not there. And then other people standing in front of where the Statue of Liberty is not supposed to be and it is there. And then Google Maps moving the Statue of Liberty around from time to time. Depending on where you look, sometimes it's on Ellis Island, sometimes it's on Liberty Island. That has people saying that the timeline shift does not apply to everybody. So that some people have switched timelines and some people have not. And some people are phasing in and out of each timeline. (laughs) Okay, now finally I will laugh about it. But I had to get to the Statue of Liberty part before... Before I could have the flat earthy laugh about the, the, the time change. But if you want to put the whole theory together and just pretend. Then the idea would be that if you remember the Berenstain Bears. And you remember Jif peanut butter. all that, And all that stuff is, is not even of any question to you. And, uh, and, and the Statue of Liberty has always been located in one place. Then you then you have always lived on this current timeline. And if you if you remember all the stuff, the Mandela effect stuff differently, the Oscar Mayer and all that stuff like I do, then you shifted timelines. And, uh, you know, the Statue of Liberty has always been where it is, or the Statue of Liberty has now moved. Thirdly, if you're some poor fuck who's phasing back and forth between both timelines then the Statue of Liberty is either on Liberty Island or it's on Ellis Island, and it's either the Berenstain Bears or the Berenstain Bears on any given day, 
because your poor soul is stuck between the two of them. But if you want to just if you want to just take all that out of it and just think of this, the fact that a global pandemic happened and that people like it broke into the Capitol building and were inside sitting at where the vice president sits and the speaker of the house sits and just rummaging through their papers and and that that happened and that a, a guy i mean i don't know the trump presidency thing doesn't really sell it i mean it's it's funny to to use that as an example but i mean you know if you look at the back to the future joke about ronald reagan being president and doc brown can't believe it it's like if you told someone in 2012 donald trump would be president they'd make that same reaction that doc brown made so throw him out as an example and throw him out of office which was happened um certainly those things evoked simply the idea of the ancient supposedly chinese curse may you live in interesting times and that's all it is is that we live in a time in history that will have several chapters of history books devoted to it and it's we're just that's just where we are or you know technology and and information exchange between crazy people and and people like me telling you that you live on a fucking alternate timeline and then someone's going to believe it and then you know uh, because there are people who who believe it for sure uh, you know maybe all of that is just it's just degrading our ability to process information into something different and 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 returning into uh just the, the these these zombies or these cyborgs you know, as Elon Musk talked about, says that we are already cyborgs because we're fucking interfacing with technology so much that it's like the same as a, a cyborg. But I ask you this, because the idea of the timeline shift, something happening on December 21st, 2012, where there is a shift in consciousness or timeline or what have you, or the world ended, and but we lived on in some sort of dream or whatever, it's more of an existential question, and I ask you this. Are there things that have happened to you since 2012 that make absolutely no sense when compared to your life up until that point? And I'm not talking about, like, don't reach. If you think about this, don't reach for something. Just, I mean, really something that just does not make sense. I gave this example on a previous podcast. I will give it to you again very quickly. In 2012, after the shift right after, at the end of the year, I got a job at Google. I worked at Google as a contractor. I, I had no reason to get that job. I did not put my resume out. I did not contact anyone there. I did not do anything about it. I got a call from some dude who saw my resume on Monster that had just been sitting there. I don't even know when I had updated it. He said, do you want to work at Google? I said, obviously, yes. I said, okay, I'm going to talk to this guy. So talk to this guy on the phone. He says, all right, I want you to talk to this guy on the phone. I talked to him on the phone. The, a week later, I walked into Google and I was employed there. I never went in for an interview. I was not qualified for the fucking job. I mean, I could do it, but I wasn't qualified for it. I, there were probably thousands and thousands of people around that could have easily have done that job that were on Monster. There's no reason my resume would have popped up first in any sort of search because I'd just been working at this place for a few years and I hadn't done anything about it. It makes zero sense. 
Now, it could just be uh, it was a stroke of good fortune because it helped me out in my day job career. You know, it really made it turned a big corner for me. Or I shifted into a timeline where I actually was qualified for Google and all of that happened for very logical reasons instead of very illogical reasons that will never make sense to me. So go ahead and think about that. Put that in your head. Think about that. Forget about you no know, Mandela. Nobody remembered them. Nelson Mandela was still alive. Forget about that shit. You know, and think about the existential question of whether or not you may now live on an alternate timeline. Or it's just a bunch of people not remembering things right. Cue the hot chick. Pop Talk and Aliens, the William Clear Podcast.